I got caught wiping my nose. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he had more seconds. (laughs) It's fine because we are real, right? (laughs) Real as real can be. Um, Good morning. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Thank you for being on with us. Chris, you are very timely. Your name popped up before we even hit go. And Virginia's on. Virginia is on this morning. Good morning, Virginia. Good to see your name on here. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to keep declaring that I miss you. I miss seeing you on a regular basis. And I know I have a responsibility to do something about that. <laughs> Don't worry. There's a plan in motion. There is a plan in motion, Virginia. I, I will be coming to Topeka on a Monday here very soon. So hopefully we can catch up. Here I am making dates <laughs> live. Again. For again, for everybody to, to keep track of. And I haven't forgot about the tea party. I just waiting, right? I'm just just waiting. All things right now feel like it's a not yet kind of thing where you know you're like I always think of the double dutch scenario you know I do but it's always like this like okay uh, now now but the ropes have to be just so before you enter into the double dutch scenario or you trip and fall and so I'm just I'm just trying to be sure about all things before and I get so excited about things too and I want to be like all in and and I don't want to jump the I just don't want to jump the gun you know yeah I want to make sure that the timing is right on all things so I haven't forgotten if you're listening Anne-Marie I have not forgotten about our our virtual tea party um just waiting I am just waiting but what we do know, friends, I'm about to make an announcement. Uh-oh. <laughs> Registration for the conference is open. You can rush right out and get yourself registered. Um, perhaps we can just drop a little link in here. It is um, perhaps we could. uneditedlife.org slash behold. That will get you to the conference page on our website and you can get yourself registered. We do not charge a fee for our events. However, it's important that you register because we do have a smaller venue and we want to make sure that we're capable of of hosting appropriately. I'll just leave it at yes. that. So get out there, get yourself registered. And if you feel prompted to to back us financially in this way for the, the conference, we are not going to turn you away. There is also an option for you to give to the the conference on that same page. So if that's something that you feel led to do, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We, we need resources. Did you register? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys, I wish we had confetti that fell down on the screen because I would celebrate this moment. We have our first registered person. I'm very excited about that. So, did you him. register? Don't tell him. I won't. I'll keep, I'll keep that between you and I. oh that's hilarious um okay i had to test i had to test everything yes thank you thank you you're so that 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 doesn't count it it doesn't count first outside of us yes okay um details on that i am very very happy to announce that we have Mark Birchmachen coming in from England. We have Rebecca King coming in from Canada. And Laura Beth Malloy coming in from Ireland. You guys, this just feels like a power surge. I am, I am so excited. I am so excited and expectant at what it is that we're going to get to experience, what we get to encounter in July. So July 12th through the 14th is what we're talking about. Um, the Behold Conference. We've got Mark 
we've got Rebecca and we've got Laura Bath. So it's going to be very excited. And I am, I am so excited to host this. I am, I am thrilled to, to host this. John asked me last night, are you speaking to this? I was like, no, I am hosting this. (laughs) (laughs) I am, I I am, I'm excited. I think I really said, don't you love that we have voices in the background? Just get yourself on camera. How about that? <laughs> I'm not repeating. Anyway, um, today we are we are talking about, so we are walking through, if you have not been keeping up, we are walking through the book of Acts, um, taking 28 weeks to do so. We are in week two. And, um, and, and Vince taught on Sunday on Acts 1 through 13. Good morning, Teresa. Oh, you guys, Teresa just has a special place in my heart because she was the face that was waiting for me when I got off of Canada. (laughs) And if anybody knows me at all, you know that I'm not well-traveled and I, I don't exactly like to do the things that are not known to me. So I was so thankful to have a face to connect with the moment that, that I got off the plane and um, was a little terrified that there wouldn't be anybody there, but there was. And you guys, it was the most adorable thing because she had a sign and I cannot believe I didn't think to take a picture of the sign, but she was holding up a sign. And so bless you, Teresa. I am so thankful for you and your husband. Anyway, that was a side note. Um, so we are we are talking through Acts verses one through thirteen this week, and you guys, two. I'm sorry, two one through thirteen. You're right. Um, chapter two verses one through thirteen. And if you have not taken the time to go and listen to the podcast, the link is on our um, ministry page. Go and listen to that podcast because Vince was dropping some massive revelation. And um, just profound, the the undoing of of what took place at Babel and 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 brought in so brilliantly the the power that landed at Pentecost and all that that entails. There's way more details than that that we do not have time to get back into this morning because what we want to talk about is um, so we know that the apostles were empowered right and and it didn't stop there we are also empowered by holy spirit to do what that's the question (laughs) to do what what is it that we're doing with the power that has been gifted us, the the um, the fruit that has been gifted us. What are we doing with that? I I truly believe that we have stopped short, and and made it all about a feel good emotional moment between us and our relationship with Holy Spirit, and have not actually stepped onto the the mission field that that we've actually. Um, attained the power of the Holy Spirit for. <laughs> That's what I'll say to to get us started here and let you jump in and tell us some more. Yeah, and this this topic is is just absolutely central to to what it is we were talking about on Sunday, uh, starting in Acts two, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. We we see him land on. Uh, the 12, the 120, those, those folks who are gathered there, uh, uh, who Jesus said, go wait. And, uh, you know, Holy Spirit's going to come. Well, we saw that and we saw what it was that they were empowered to do immediately. Mm-hmm. There was that immediate outpouring there. And, and we saw that they were speaking in tongues. They were uh, proclaiming the uh, magnificent works of God. And then, you know, it, it leads us into Peter's sermon. But I, I always wonder, you know, because I probably think about this question more often than it's necessary. But what does it mean for us to be empowered by Holy Spirit? There's, I'm sure we've all heard teachings, discussions, sermons, whatever that state emphatically that the power of, of Holy Spirit no longer works in the ways demonstrated in the book of Acts. That just doesn't happen today. It's different. Like you said, you know, about those feel-good messages. 
it, it doesn't make sense that the permanent indwelling of the spirit in us is just there to be our personal therapist, to bring about those, those feel good messages. It doesn't make sense with what's written uh, in the Bible's account of Jesus's words that, that we have recorded in Acts 8, where he's talking about what's going to happen uh, in John 14, 26 and John 15, 26. And there's, there are a lot of places we can look at that signal uh, uh, the gifts didn't go away. And, and and I think it's important to to understand that and, and to look at some of those places. You can look at it in 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, Ephesians 4, 11 through 14. That's that's a favorite one, you know, for me, because we get to see that uh, uh, the, the gifts were given and they were to equip the saints for the work of ministry, building up the body of Christ until we attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood in the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I love until we attain the unity of the faith, faith and the knowledge of the son of God, because if we think back to the teaching on the spirit of knowledge, we see that uh, knowledge is not something about what's going on up here. It's about what's going on here in the heart. It's about that connection, the knowledge, the intimacy in relationship, that knowledge there is what's talked about. And so if we haven't attained the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, if we don't have that full uh, uh, revelation or, or, or that full transfiguration into the likeness of Christ, these things can't have gone away. It just doesn't make any sense. We are empowered to uh, partner with what God is doing here on earth, but we shouldn't take that to mean uh to mean only in ways that do not demonstrate the power of the Most High, the wondrous workings of the Almighty, those things that we we see at the beginning of Acts 2 that are, are discussed and everybody's wondering, what does this mean? What's going on? And, and, and we know that the, the gospel of Jesus Christ isn't just about fancy words. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. So we must be looking to put the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings on display with a demonstration of his power. Fancy arguments just aren't uh, enough to convince those, uh, those wise in their own minds. There's always a rebuttal. There's always something else that can be pointed to. And, and we have to be able to understand that we are empowered to make disciples of the nations. That's what we're empowered to do. And, and that isn't going to happen through simply just, just standing up and talking. That's going to be part of it. But there is going to be a demonstration of power that we see throughout the book of Acts. And, and, uh, and even into today, there are stories that, that we can hear uh, witnessed to. There, we can read about them. But why aren't we seeing them here? Yeah, I, I think we have to go back and be able to answer that, that question of what does it mean for us to be empowered by Holy Spirit today? And, and, and if we are in any way allowing uh, uh, bigger voices to be out there to say that this thing, these things are, are not for today, it's stopped. Well, we're, we're not going to be able to do uh, uh, the mission fully like, like what we were uh, uh, commissioned to do, to make disciples of the nations. There, there has to be some kind of demonstration and, and whatever that looks like and whatever gift we've been given, we need to put that on display. Uh, current culture and society, it's, it's starting to look a lot more and more like, like what would you would imagine the, the paganism and, and hedonistic culture of Rome would look like? All, all of those, those bad things. Those, those are what the things that are really projected to us to make us believe this is the norm. But I, I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that that's the norm. And if we are going to be able to counter these things, we better come with the fullness of the gospel, not just speaking, but in power. And so what does that look like for us today? Well, it's got to look like knowing the gifts that you've been given. It looks like knowing the gifts of the people around us that we're in oneness with so we can come together as a body, as one united body and, and be able to put the gospel on full display, full display, 
which means we are, there, there's going to be miracles associated with that. God is going to be doing things through us that, that are going to make some feel uncomfortable. Maybe even things that happen through you are going to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I know uh, that that is not out of the realm of possibility. Being uncomfortable doesn't change the fact that you believe. Yeah. Uncomfortable just pushes us deeper into conversations with Holy Spirit to say, whoa, what's going on here? What, where, what can I do to partner with what it is you're doing right now? This is the amazing thing about this is about being empowered to make disciples of the nations. We are in partnership with what it is that, that God is doing on the earth. But we can't allow, again, pettiness to get in the way of that. We have these, I, I talked about this in what I posted yesterday morning about preferences. Preferences can really get in the way of the empowerment yeah. of the Holy Spirit because um, I want you to do things my way. I want to control this ministry. There's, there, there has to be space for me, maybe a little bit for you so I can say, hey, look, what a great leader I am. Yeah, that, we're, we're just, you know, squashing other uh, uh, facets of what Holy Spirit is wanting to bring out yeah. and, and, and not allowing God to work fully. So get behind one another, know one another, know knowledge, that heart connection with each other to know what it is that we're carrying and sharpen one another. Get out there and use and exercise the gifts. However imperfectly you might think it is, do it. You just have to get out there and take action. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, he's known as the comforter, but comfort and safety are not fruits. And, and, and that, that rails against our, our sensibilities in our current climate. We want comfort and we want safety and Holy Spirit is after risk, <laughs> which they they can't coexist. Comfort and safety cannot coexist with risk. And um, I, sometimes I just wonder, you know, we woke up on the resurrection side of the cross. You know, we, we were born into the resurrection side of the cross. What is it that we have that they didn't? What is it that we have that 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 they didn't like? When, when Jesus, before Jesus ascends, Luke tells us that he opened up their understanding for the sake of being able to get the scriptures. Is that understanding hereditary for all humanity because of what Christ did? Were, were they more dull on the other side of the cross? These are just questions <laughs> that I am often like sitting in and wondering, like, what is it that we have that, that, that humanity did not have access to? I mean, outside of the obvious, you know, Holy Spirit, the, the understanding of, of, of the cross and resurrection and, and all of that. I'm saying like, what, what has been turned on in, in our, our human condition that maybe wasn't? prior to to the cross and if if this is true if this is the case and you know i love big old what ifs if this is the case then we are taking advantage of our privilege of knowledge of understanding by introducing vain arguments such as are these things for today We are laying hold of the power of the cross, the power of resurrection life to dirty the activities of the Savior by introducing vain arguments. And that should make us sick to our stomachs. Because essentially what we're doing is asking him to come and do it all over again. It wasn't good enough the first time come back, do it again. We don't understand. We aren't comfortable with what it is that Holy Spirit is wanting to do in and through us. And we have, we have so many veils in between ourselves and the father, not on his end, 
on ours. Our, our deception, our preference. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And, and, and I, I can't help but pointing to, to Moses. Moses has an incredible hunger to be in intimate relationship with God. And God's hungry for the same thing. And so he invites Moses into an encounter in the heights of his presence. But Moses has to hide himself. Because that level of glory would kill Moses. So God is like, hey, hide yourself. Hide yourself here behind this rock. And I'll pass by. We'll have a conversation, but just just don't look at me, right? And we know that that the the radiance of God's power falls on Moses so much so that he actually has to veil himself in order for the people not to die when he comes back down out of this mountaintop experience with the Lord. This is, this is pre-cross. This is pre-full access to that level of power. The other day, I, I, was, I was just caught up in this, this prayer with the Father. He led me to, to, to praying Psalm 35. You can go and read it. It's it's really just like God expose me to your warrior side, <laughs> and and it's just this like warfare prayer, the warfare psalm, and um you know God destroy my enemies kind of thing, and so I I'm praying through this, and 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 all of a sudden I am so struck by it was Psalm thirty five Tabitha. Um, I'm so struck by the veils that I have allowed. You know, we, we know that the veil has been torn, the, the, you know, the curtain, the great curtain, it's been torn in half. However, because of, of our, our own preferences, our, our, our deceptions and, and, and those type of things, there's still this veil that sits between us and the father. And, and I started thinking in this moment, because I was undone, to be honest with you, I was, undone, I, I was like I was sobbing because of just marveling at what I could experience, even though I was very aware of all these filters, let's call them a filter, maybe that's better, that, that exists between me and, and, and the father. And I was like, also very comforted by this, this activity of prayer that I was doing, this intercession that I found myself in. And I started to, to consider the fact that Jesus lives to make intercession on our behalf. And in that moment, Holy Spirit just enlightened me. And one of the key things that is missing for us in our experience with intercession is that we don't rightly see the Father. Jesus lives to make intercession for us as a man. He is both God and he is man. But there is this compelling to intercession that takes place when you get up next to the father and behold him in the level of holiness that we have access to. How much more, how much more would we radiate the glory of the Father through becoming a prayer if we allowed all of these filters to just be obliterated? If we gave up, if we were just like, truly, I surrender, you can have all of my filters. You can have all of my pet doctrines. You can have all of my fallen beliefs. You can have all of my petty arguments. What if we what if we really did get lost in a lifestyle of prayer and we allowed Holy Spirit full access? We're always asking, God, I want, I want full access to you. What if we actually allowed 
Holy Spirit to have full access to us. And we didn't question what it was that he was wanting to do. I am, I am so shaken, so shaken by my small mindedness and God wanting to blow that up. Right. Like I have, I have all of Christendom in this little tiny like box and, and have, I, I have made it all about me. I've made it all about me and, and the context of Angie and, and what does it mean to be filled with, with the Holy Spirit? So Angie feels good. But when we really dive into passages of scripture, like Acts 2, and we realize that, that these people, I mean, there are 3,000 people that are empowered in one moment and not for the sake of building the me empire, but for the sake of broadening the reach of the gospel. It was about the nations. It was about going into all the nations and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Not let me stick around my prayer closet and emerge to show off what it is that I've attained in that space for brief moments. Go into all the world. Proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And sitting here thinking about your question, what is it that we have that they didn't? What, what you know, what, what's, what's different on this side of the cross? Are, were they more dull? I don't know. I think we are in some ways. Um, <laughs> um, but it, that, do we really believe our our veils and and masks or or filters are really effective? I mean, can we can we honestly say that they're effective? And and if we say yes, what are they effective to? What what are they effective unto? Keeping us from God, keeping God from us. Uh, I mean, as if that's actually possible to do. Um, it's just interesting to think that that we can think those things are effective. That that we are, are denying the fact that we already have the all access pass to, to God, to, to what it is that he has for us. And, and we have that all access pass that lifestyle of prayer that you're describing those, that those intimate moments to be able to then take and, and, and share. And so we, we need to look at these things like you're talking about and, and really highlight them. What, what are these filters we're using? What, what, are, what do we have in place to, to insulate us from, from God? And then uh, um, turn and point that same question of what's insulating us from, from oneness with the people around us. Because if, we are, if we're trying to insulate ourselves from God, we are absolutely doing that with people. There's no question about it. You, you can't deny that fact. And, and so we have to be able to, to highlight these things, put the spotlight on them, and and interrogate them just like we interrogate every every thought presented to us and make it bow the knee to Christ. Yeah, there needs to be an interrogation that takes place with these things, and and, and questions have to be asked. And you know, um, <laughs> it's just interesting to me that we think these things are actually effective, but to what I don't know. We we think our filters are effective at, at keeping some, some distance there. Like we're actually going to be consumed and die in this case, you know, uh, as believers, we're, we're already living eternal life now. Yeah. It's just in this form. Someday it's going to change to another. So I don't know. Uh, I, the other thing I was sitting here thinking about was looking at, um, Teresa's comment that he appeared to them for 40 days after his crucifixion to prove to them he was still alive. It took 40 days so that they would believe. I have no doubt about that. But I also want to think that that appearance was for my sake because we have 40 days of witness to hundreds of people that have been passed down 
to help build up my faith. So that when I say I believe, I didn't get to see it, I didn't get to live it, but I believe through faith. And so I, I like to flip that over right there because I, I like that idea that, yeah, it took 40 days so that they would believe, but it took 40 days for uh, uh, billions to believe for thousands of years after that. Yeah. Which is, is an incredible thing to think about. And so I love that. And, and that idea and that thought should point us to this lifestyle of prayer that you're, you're wanting to put on display, put, putting yours on display for the rest of us to see, Hey, this is, this is what, what could be. It's mm -hmm. exciting. It, it should be exciting to, to consider these things, to, to be able to say, Oh yeah, I do have filters. Yeah. That's exciting because now you know it, what are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah. And I, I think that, that we are in, we are in a state as the global church where God is pointing at, touching, uncovering those filters, the things that keep us in the shadows. We, as, as people who have been gifted new creation life, we aren't made for shadows. We carry a light into every scenario. But we've got to go back to the kids' song, right? Hide it under a bushel? Yes, we are. You know, we, we, we are. Like, we don't want to be found out. We, we, we hide our, our pet sins. And yes, they are pet sins. We, we think that God is just kind of like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. It is actually a big deal. Anything that, that we don't want exposed is a big deal. Why are we hiding? Why are we hiding that? Why are we not just like, search me, oh God? We're willing to do this in a secure place like our prayer closet. And I know I'm kind of striking at the prayer closet this morning, but it's okay. Hang with me. It, we're okay with doing that there. But if, if our brother or our sister were to come to us and say, hey, like, ugh, you're living outside of yourself right now. Like, you're, you're carrying in a, an attitude that is not actually reflective of who I know you are. And this is really, if, if we want to talk about the prophetic, why don't we start here? Why don't we start here? Why don't we have a, a deep, solid knowledge of one another because of the power of the prophetic? and carry the intel of the father over one another so that we can course correct without having to see people fall into such a deep, dark place of sin that they no longer want to be exposed and they will not course correct. This is the power of the prophetic, but we have been so caught up with becoming collectors of the prophetic that we do not have the first clue as to who we are because most of it is sugar-coated bull. That's what I'll say. It's, it's to stroke our ego and it never came from the mouth of the father. It came from a need to garner favor with man. Listen, the prophetic in our Western world, God showed me this in a vision, it is crowned with deception and degradation. We should not be standing for this. We should be railing against this. The prophetic needs to be a weapon wielded to holding one another accountable to a standard of what God spoke about us in the first place. This is not cherry picking. You don't get to hop on a Facebook live, listen to what somebody else is prophesying over uh, Susie Jane and say, oh, I like that. I'm going to apply that. I don't know where I pulled that name. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, this is what, this is what we've done. We have watered down the prophetic to the point where it's not even the word of the Lord anymore. Hmm. It's just some game we're playing. Oh, that word feels good. Let me try that on for five minutes. 
But the reality is, is I don't actually want to be held accountable to that word. Mm -hmm. In order to, in order for us to be able to walk under the level of power that is available to us, purchased by Jesus Christ at the cross, we are going to have to become very real about these kinds of things. We've made a mess. We have made an utter mess of things within the church. Yeah, we have. And, and we're scared of exposure of these pet sins. We're scared of, of, of these things because of the way people have been handled by the church. And they've been handled in such a way because there is a fear of man and we're allowing ourselves to be accountable to man and how um, the world thinks that things should be handled rather than looking to ask God, how should this be handled? What does repentance look like for this person? Restoration. What does, that, what does all of that look like? What does it look like to reconcile? And, and we're, we're scared of these things because we, we don't want to be looked at as having handled something in an inappropriate way when God's way is, is likely going to look inappropriate to people. Yeah. Because there, there isn't an understanding there. And, and we get scared and we're scared also of the accountability piece that you're talking about, because yeah. we would rather be able to point to somebody else and say, you know, th this is why that didn't work out, or this is why I made that decision and it didn't, didn't pan out. And if we collect enough prophecies, we can point to one that says, Oh, this wasn't actually what I was supposed to be doing here. Yeah. I should be over there. And then I collect another half dozen of them. And when that doesn't work, I can say, oh, I'm coming over here because I'm half-heartedly putting myself into any of these anyways. If if I'm even given it five minutes consideration, like you mentioned, yeah. that, you know, I, I feel like in, in our inundation of data and information today, we are not even giving ourselves five minutes to consider some of the things that are spoken over us. Yeah. How does, how does this word fit into the calling on my life that I know God has given me? Where, where, how does it support that? If it doesn't, then maybe it's not for right now. Or, you know, what about the last 10 or 12 that I've been given? Is there fulfillment in those yet before I'm seeking something else from somebody? Yeah. Yeah. It, accountability is, has got to be a part of what it is we're doing. And if you were uh, applying, the prophetic like you're talking about to be able to have insight we're going to be able to say hey what are you doing where, where are you taking this right now yeah are you, are you following the call in your life are you using your gifts wisely so yeah. I, I don't know the the, the whole deception and, degra and degradation piece it is it just fits so well together we've been deceived to think that we need to collect prophecies that accountability is not not always something that's required of us and it's not something that we actually need to uh, um, put effort into to seek accountability from others and to hold others accountable we've been deceived mm -hmm. to say that these things are important and what that does is it degrades our influence and it degrades the authority over time yes. and yes. and then we get to this point where we started where we we have to look at the question of what does it mean for us to be empowered by holy spirit today because we have lost connection over 2000 years with, with that empowerment because of all of these different things. And it, for me, really, it, it, it circles back around to lack of fear of the Lord and yes. too much fear of man. If, if we're going to see the deception crushed and have our eyes opened and be wise and understanding, then we're going to have to fear God more than we fear man. Yeah. Absolutely. Otherwise we are going to just continue to be degraded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, 
Anne-Marie asked something about, um, is it, is it the fear of man? Yes. Yes. We, we, um, actually give more credence to, to man than we do God. And that's just being honest. Listen, right now in America, church leadership is being compared to mafia culture. That's where we're at in, in the, the charismatic venue of the church, that leadership is being compared to mafia culture. And I don't know, I don't even know where we go from here. I honestly, I, I, where do you go from here? Where do you, where do you go from here? When you have, um, when you have church leadership being compared to to, to mafia style leadership, where do you go from here? I mean, it's, it, it, it is, it's shocking. I, I agree with you. It is shocking. And I'm not, I'm not introducing this information for shock alone, but what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? And in, in, in America, I can tell you that, that we believe we have all the answers. Mm-hmm. No, no denying that we believe that we have all the answers. It is, it is the mindset of, of the culture as a nation. And, um, and, and until we back away from that collectively, we will not see the necessary shift. We just won't. And here's, here's what I want to add to, to the, the topic of the prophetic, because I believe this is how we got here. I believe the misuse and the perversion of the prophetic is how we got here. Um, there has not been appropriate accountability in the prophetic. Therefore, we have been able to alter words throughout time to, mm. to fit the current narrative. And, and this is what I feel like Holy Spirit just dropped in my spirit is that it was always a coat of many colors, but we have changed it into coats of varying colors. And if we do not keep that coat intact of being the coat of many colors, the coat of promise over our life as a singular coat that we wear, we are going to continue to thin out and water down the power of God that we have access to on the earth today. The promise is the glory of God covering the whole earth like the water covers the seas. That glory only comes out of the vessels of the sons and daughters of God. As long as we have wrong filters, we are not releasing a potent glory. So it is all about us changing our mind and allowing transformation to take place so that we can carry what it is that he intended for us to carry. We will not see what it is that God intends to release through us today if we will not change our minds. Yeah. We need to to get rid of this or, or counter this misuse of the prophetic. We need to radically shift into holiness and, and not into a... a morality that that leads to self-righteous judgment of people holiness is what's going to breed accountability holiness is what is going to to get us to a point where we are in oneness and moving in the same direction and being able to to hold each other accountable to the fact that yes this isn't right okay course correct and move on and and holiness is going to accept correction as well it's going to it's going to give us the boldness to do it and it's going to give us the the wisdom to receive it and i i think that is is one of the the ways to to get out of this and it's just it's interesting that that morality is something that we want to point to all the time rather than holiness and mm-hmm. i know some people could think that's splitting hairs between the difference the difference between the two but but when we start looking at morality and placing um, 
ideas onto people, it just leads to that self-righteous judgment of somebody else's actions when we don't know what's going on in their heart. Right. If we have holiness, we're going to start to understand each other better. We're going to be able to come together with love and be able to say, hey, this isn't right. And there's going to be a, a reception there that says, correct, let's let's move on from this and yeah. start back on, on that narrow road and, and get our footing back under us and, and really begin to to advance the mission that we are on to make disciples of the nations. I just think we have to get back to holiness and um, fear of man isn't going to get us there. Fear of the Lord is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm afraid we just don't sit long enough. When the fear of the Lord comes in, you know, we, we love, we love those moments with God. But, you know, one of the things that, that God said to us for this year is that it's going to be a year of trembling. And, and I just think that we need to put down the bullhorn, put down the paper and the pen for just a moment. And let's just sit in the trembling. Let's allow him, God, to come near enough to alter our entire being, starting with our minds and penetrating our hearts so that, that we can carry what it is that he has set aside for today. Yes, we are we are so missing it because we're we, we want we want to we want to be the town crier. We want to be the town crier. And I'm I'm not suggesting that there isn't a time and a place for that. But right now, we're not, we're just not in a place where we should be doing that. Yeah, worldwide flood. Yeah, Chris. Sometimes I think that's where we need to be. And, and you know, still there's hope. There's hope. I, I, I don't want to be the, the doom and gloom person either. Um. I, and this is, you know, at the beginning, I said, you know, I feel like there's all of these things that, that are great things, but I feel like God's not yet on it because it, it's a season of speak, not be still and hold your peace. Yes. Tabitha, mm -hmm. I, I agree with that for myself. And, and that's the other thing. Listen, <laughs> God is big enough to do a mighty work that is for you. And for your neighbor, that's not going to look the same. And, and right. we tend to, to want it to be same, same, and it's not going to be, we need to, we need to allow God to do a, a deep work in all of us as individuals for the collective oneness, right? If even, you know, even with the two of us, like if God did the same work in each of us, it's not going to be to the advantage of the whole. Right. We, we need to allow the, the hand of God to move in each of us to, to carve out what needs to be carved out, to eliminate what needs to be eliminated. And, and here's the deal. Even the things that could be filed under good in last season likely don't get to come into this one we 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 love to hold on to things that worked and thinking that oh this is for all time no it's not it was for a season god had you doing that for a season and this is not all things but be wise what gets to come with you into to this season? Maybe last season, God was like, I want you to write down everything I say and I want you to announce it. But this season, if you hold on to that and God is also telling you to be quiet, you're going to have some serious turmoil. Mm -hmm. And your conflict is with God. Yeah, we do like to hold on to our systems and programs and want to make them 
fit for all time, even though there's always flaws in all of our, our man-made systems and programs, even if they were good and fruitful in the past, it doesn't mean they're going to continue to be. Right. And, and I, I love one of the things you always say, uh, you know, there's a difference between good and God. And I think this is one of those moments. If, if it is time for us to sit down and shut up and listen, then what we thought was good is, is different than what God's trying to do now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that even in, and, and you can raise your hand in the comments if, if you feel like this is, is true, where you, you feel a little bit of a, um, a resistance to, to doing the things that, that God is showing you. If you're in this, you know, this, this visionary time, but you're getting the, the yield sign. <laughs> I really, I, I really believe that this is God training us in the fear of the Lord. I, I, I feel like that pause that, that some of us are feeling right now is is his way of training us in the fear of the Lord and in really considering, I think that who said it? Oh yeah. Anne Marie said, you know, I think that we're still in this consider your way. Yes, I agree with that. We are still in this consider your ways that the Habakkuk uh, theme and, but with God adding in the fear of the Lord. And, and truly, I, I think that it's a year where we're going to begin to understand better the sevenfold spirit of God. We have stopped at the shoreline. We have been content with the water coming up and brushing over the tops of our feet. And, and this is, we can't, we can't be content there anymore. We need to go all the way in. We need to be, be willing to be brought out into the deep, into the spaces where we are in over our heads. But when we are busying ourselves doing things that we consider the work of the ministry, we're, we're missing out on the fullness that is available for us if we would sit and behold the lamb. Try looking into all seven of his eyes. There's a challenge. What if we actually entered into that Revelation 5 space where we are actually beholding the lamb? It is completely possible for us to be doing the, the works of God and completely missing the lamb. John did it. He's there in the throne room. And it is proposed that there is a scroll that needs to be opened. And John falls weeping because there is no one found worthy to open the scroll. He's in the presence of the lamb. This is us. We're so busy getting caught up in everything but the Lamb of God. It's a season to behold him. Yeah. To be quiet before him. To become undone before him. I really believe it's even a season of travail. It is a season of trembling. And we're probably not going to want to sit in it very long. But we also need to challenge ourselves. We need an okay. exposure of filters. And, and we need to be open to examining them with Holy Spirit. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. For us, the the vision before us is it's a year of trembling, a year to become prayer itself. And and to, to go as deep as we most possibly can with God. That's just where we're at. Mm -hmm. And I really, I mean, truly believe that it, it's the first six months of this year that that we are still in on a threshing floor in a wine press. <laughs> as much as we don't want to hear that right now. 
It's where we're at. Where we're at. It's where we're at. Yeah. And that, that place of being there speaks to what you're talking about, about being quiet. If you're doing that in a wine press, you're hiding from something which necessitates being quiet. Yeah. So it's time to listen to, to see the way out of there. I, I am just crazy enough to believe, <laughs> just crazy enough to believe that, that God really can change a nation in a single day. Mm-hmm. But I also know that he partners with his people, yeah. that we were created, we were spoken into existence with intention. We are the instruments that he uses to turn a nation in a day. And it turns out that the door is in the floor. (laughs) All right. Will you pray for us? Yes, Father. Thank you for this opportunity to to just go through these questions and, and listen to what it is you're saying. And really, truly, please expose our filters that we're we have set up that we we are using all those things that we have in place between us and you and then between us and other people please expose those yeah and and i know that that for each of us that'll be done in a way that is is loving and gentle that we shouldn't fear those things being highlighted it's for our own good it's for our, our growth it's for our sharpening it's so we can we can set out on the mission to to make disciples of the nations that that mission that we are empowered to do. But we need to we need to be at a point where we let you in. We need to hold that that fear, reverence, the awe of you, Lord, and not reverence of of our fellow creation. I thank you for for your patience, for your gentleness with us, for your for your grace and mercy to allow those things to be exposed. And and I just I pray that you would give us an understanding of what it means to misuse the prophetic. Hmm. to give us revelation of of the damage that has been done, the repentance Mm -hmm. that needs to be made, where reconciliation is required, and how restoration can begin. Let us move forward to use the prophetic to advance the kingdom and to fulfill that mission of making disciples of nations. that we would image you well here on earth. Let holiness be one of our highest aims right now. Mm -hmm. Because in that, it will cause us to stop long enough to listen to what it is that you're saying. We're just so thankful to be brought into the family. And in that we want to, to be like Jesus, to serve, to be obedient to the Father, to be obedient to you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Guys, thanks for joining us this morning. We really appreciate you. We do. And 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 I'm praying, I'm praying for you that, that you can you can find yourself in a space where you can appropriately 
behold the lamb. Love you a whole lot. We'll talk soon.